What's going on, folks? This is Daryl, your host of Narratives Over Wine and Whiskey podcast, the podcast where we discuss issues that impact black and millennial communities while having a good drink. Today, I am honored to be pouring a glass of 1792 small batch bourbon. So last weekend, um, Desiree and I had our first social gathering, get together, whatever you want to call it in over a hundred days. You know, the the um pandemic hit the United States and in North Carolina we had our stay at home order happen around mid March. The second week of March my job said, you know, hey, we'll be working from home exclusively. So at that point I started counting. And last weekend when we had Kevin and Whitney over for um dinner and drinks it had been over 100 days now we did it safely we sat out on the back patio thankfully we have the space where social distancing outside is not an issue we set the patio furniture out separate um i chilled on the hammock for a little while and then desiree and i got on on a small outdoor couch together I tossed some chicken and burgers on the grill, brought out some bottles because since the beginning of COVID, I have amassed a wealth of whiskeys. Too many to have in the house, but here we are with more whiskeys than I need. So I brought out a couple bottles. We enjoyed them and um, just had a good time. But that's not the point. Either way, big thanks to Whitney and Kevin for bringing the bottle here. I love it. I've been wanting to grab this bottle and hadn't done it yet because I really don't know why. But, you know, great choice, great gift. Kevin is a regular listener, and so he knows what I have and have not spoken on um, when it comes to whiskeys. And he's a, a... great person to go to for bourbon suggestions. And I found out yesterday he also has a a knowledge of some wines. So shout out to my boy Kev. He also, you all might recognize him on Instagram. He's always the one who wins Name That Bottle. If you don't know, at least once a month, I do a Name That Bottle competition where I will give you a hint at what a bottle is based on what it looks like, be it a logo or a half of a logo or a font. And I'll say name that bottle, or maybe just the cap, but I'll say name that bottle. Every time Kevin knows it, because Kevin knows his bourbons. Not saying Kevin just drinks a lot, but Kevin actually, we did a taste testing when he was here, and out of the three bourbons that he tasted blindly, he got two of them correct. Then... Whitney tried to throw in a little trick and she put a scotch in there. Kevin's not a scotch drinker, but if you want to know some good bourbons, that's your dude. So, like I said, 1792, very smooth, great bourbon. I like it. Um, Price point is is not low. Price point is not extremely high, but it's high. Um, But it's a good bottle. It's worth it, worth every penny. I'll be buying another one um, or two or three or four after I get through the mm, bottles that I already have 
in my my liquor cabinet right now, and I intentionally muffled that out because it's embarrassing. But let's get to it today. I would like to discuss the breaking down of white supremacy in the United States of America, the dismantling of the edifices that were erected in the name of treason. The United States of America, since the end of the Civil War, especially within the South, has had a passionate love relationship with the Confederacy and what it represents. Many whites will say that it represents Southern pride and Southern heritage and let's honor it because I had a great grandfather who fought in the war in with the boys in gray or whatever they call them. And to that I say, and this is a very fair comparison to draw, does Germany still honor the Nazi? Is Hitler revered within their country? Do they gloss over the evils and atrocities of Auschwitz with sugarcoating? The answer to all three of those is no. So why do we? Why should America embrace such a sordid past? And the reason is because it inspires a sense of white supremacy, black inferiority, and a general caste system that never should have been introduced in a nation that was founded on freedom and principles of freedom. But here we are. In 2020, we have failed to progress past that point in history. Once again, namely in the South. Every Southern state that seceded from the Union has had statues erected and maintained by the government and by black taxpayer dollars to continue to traumatize the black citizens and continue to empower those who believe that whites are superior. Whether or not you view it as Southern pride and a symbol of your heritage, you cannot remain ignorant to the fact of what it represented. You know what your flag represented. You know what Robert E. Lee believed. You know that these men turned monsters, owned slaves. You know that whether they were a quote unquote nice master or one of the most brutal, they were individuals who took the freedom from my ancestors, and if they themselves did not take it, they supported the system that allowed my ancestors to be taken. And for that, I cannot forgive those individuals. I'm not speaking of not being able to forgive people right now who decide to see the light, but I cannot forgive people who, until their dying breath, believed that black people were 
not human. Black people did not deserve freedom. Black people should not have had educations. Those things, those people who believe those things, to me, ought to be damned to hell if they never rectified their school of thought. Um, and that's just that's just the way I think. We all need to be taking steps forward. But I'm speaking specifically to the Confederacy and the members of it or their souls or, or whatever. They were presented with a new school of thought. Once abolitionists began speaking out against slavery, which they had been doing since before the the um, signing of the Declaration of Independence. So it should have been from jump. But when public support for the abolition of slavery grew, choosing to remain ignorant is not ignorance. It is truly a choice. And um, as my boy Zoe said, it, it's cognitive dissonance. When you can't look at someone else's perspective and empathize with them and you separate yourself from humanity and you're not able to say, if I were in their shoes, how would I want to be treated or how would I deserve to be treated or is this logical or not? That's an issue. And that's an issue that the entire Confederacy dealt with. Unless you were conscripted, is it conscripted, manuscripted? No, you were conscripted into the the military to the confederate army i can't i can't get with what you did and so for me myself as a taxpayer as a landowner um, as a property owner my taxes going to support the upkeep of these these monuments to masters, I am, I am greatly opposed to it, and I'm glad that we are shifting. What was, um, I'm glad that the norm is no longer. Let's keep uplifting a narrative of losers. Let's continue to revere the defeated. It, it had to stop at some point, and I'm grateful that this is that point. Uh, earlier this morning, I was looking, you know, scrolling through through Instagram in bed, as many of us do before we get up. Probably could have used my time more wisely, but the thing is, there are some gems on here. Sometimes in your scrolling, you find the most beautiful stone. It is a diamond, and I found it. It's hilarious, especially for the, with the fact that um, this is Pride Month. This is actually the last episode that the first, well, the last episode in Pride Month, and the first one where I refer to it. But but yeah, um, it says, "Gay marriage has now been around longer than the Confederacy. Build statues for that, you cowards." And that was powerful to me because it's the truth. You are saying the South will rise again, but the South rose for such a short period of time that it is a blip in 
what is human history. It wasn't important. The only importance that came from it is, the only significance that came from the South Rising is, guess what? Because y'all wanted to push back, now you don't have any slaves. Really, this is the, this is the crazy thing, and I'm, I'm very glad that America went to war for this reason alone. If the South had shut the hell up and not decided that it wanted to nullify laws, guess what would have happened? They would have been able to keep their way of life and and then what? Because President Lincoln even said that his goal was not to free the slaves, but to maintain the union. That's all he cared about. So when we are looking at history, you went to war and lost, and in losing, you lost what you went to war for, but you could have just shut up, lived your life, and and my people might or might not still be property. So that might make the Confederacy a double loser. But I'm very grateful that there is now a shift in what the narrative looks like. The United States is waking up and seeing that for the longest time, it either told lies or omitted the truth, um, making it a lie of omission. We really have to face the evils if we're going to move ahead. Rick Ross said it best, and I love it, especially in this current climate. I'm happy Donald Trump became the president because we've got to destroy before we elevate. That was on, um, what was the name of that album? Not Port of Miami 2. Either way. It was the one where you got Ross's face with a black and white background. Um, great, great piece of work. I'm a Ross fan if you didn't know. I'm about to pull it up really quickly. Rick Ross, title. That was on Rather You Than Me. And um, by the way, shout out to Title, Black owned streaming service doing very well for itself, standing on its own two feet. But when Ross said, you got to destroy before you elevate, and he tied that to Donald Trump, essentially he was saying that Donald Trump will bring about the destruction of the foundation of the United States of America. And I was like, wow, that's bold. Um, that, that sounds great, but that's a really bold way to look at it because what's going to make this, this man do anything that hasn't been done before? Even Barack Obama, shout out to him being the first black president. There has never been a president who looked out primarily, not solely, but primarily for the interest of black people. Like we can't have one president in all 45 presidents who are going to say, hey, I'm going to take this term and I'm going to elevate the playing field. And mind you, it's not just a president, but one, one you know, term of government. So let's say that within the four years of the presidency, you have, hey, I'm going to do right by you all as president. And then you have Congress saying, hey, we're going to do right by you all as Congress. And then you have the Supreme Court saying, we're also going to do right by you. We have not had that in the over 200 years 
of the United States of America, going on 250 years. So I was like, Donald Trump, so what? He's another president. He's going to continue to ignore our, our wants. He will continue to allow for white America to thrive at the expense of black and brown people. Nothing's new. But, but God, right? <laughs> um, but COVID. COVID, um, but Charlottesville. But all of the evil things. But, but John Crawford. But George Floyd. But Breonna Taylor. But so many of these people whose lives have been lost and these situations that happened within the tenure of Donald Trump, I think during this time, Ross might have been right. Donald Trump becoming the president in this space and time might be what we need to break the foundation. It might be what we need to terminate white supremacy. If we can continue to have our allies work alongside us, if we can continue to build up a narrative that speaks to equality and equity and righting the wrongs that were once done, maybe, just maybe, karma won't hit America the way it's supposed to. Maybe the breaking of this system can be a little better than it would have been if we truly hit rock bottom. But I think it's up to our white brothers and sisters I think that it's up to the church and specifically the white church as Darrell Briscoe spoke on um, maybe two episodes ago. We have to change the trajectory of America or there will not be an America in 50 years. I'm willing to put my money on it. Every great civilization, every great empire crumbles at one point or another. And the point at which we crumble is where we are. It's the point where you place entertainment above education. We have a freaking reality TV star and failed businessman as our leader. Come on. If that's not entertainment being placed above education, I don't know what is. I, I just cannot wrap my mind around it. But it's great because... The good thing is we can see it happening. Hindsight is 2020 usually, right? But right now we can see that we care so much more about being being dumbed down by what's happening all around us that we don't focus on what's right in front of us. We see it happening. We have to wake up. We have to stop saying that entertainment is all that matters. I love a good football game just as much as the next person. I love playing basketball, I love listening to music, I love movies, but how are we growing? How are we developing? Are we pushing our children toward the right things? Are we pushing them to become more intellectually stimulated? Are we making sure that as their minds grow, our educational system also grows in the right direction? Or are we saying, hey, make sure you get as many likes and as many views as as you can. It's not just what we say, but it's also how we act. How are we moving as adults? 
the next generation is watching us more than they're listening to us. And when they look at us and they see that we're frustrated because we don't have enough followers, what do you think they will find important in life? When they look at us and they see that we're more invested in their athletic ability or their musical talent than we are in their classroom performance, what do you think they will determine is most valuable in their lives? We've got to take a step back and look at what we are showing the youth. We need to reprogram them. We need to make sure that they know that integrity and ethics and education and compassion and empathy are important. Because right now we're just teaching them fear. We are teaching them to be afraid of not having everything that they want. We are teaching them to be afraid of not having a surplus. We're not teaching them to have faith and to have love. And that's across the board. But that's it for today. Quick, short episode. I'm going to finish this glass of 1792. Once again, shout out to Kevin and Whitney. Whitney and Kevin. I'm all about the the equality. Uh, Love y'all. Appreciate y'all coming by a couple weeks ago. And I will catch y'all again next time. Please subscribe, like, leave a review, and... um, Follow me on Instagram. But yeah, love y'all. Catch y'all next time, same time, same place. Peace.